Man up. What's up, everybody? This is Andrew May. This is the Allegory and Elm podcast. I'm here today with Brandon Giggling. He is a co-host of the Fools in Love podcast, and he is here today to talk about manning up. We are here to shoot the shit and be real. That sounds like something you're into. Let's go. So, Brandon, what's up, man? What is up? My dude, I am so glad to get you on here. Today, I want to talk about manning up and what that truly means. A lot of us have heard the phrase man up, nut up, sack up, all these kind of sort of toxic masculinity phrases. And that's not what we're talking about today. We're talking about what it truly means to be a man. And ladies, there is a lot of inherent value in what we're talking about. So I wouldn't tune out just because it's two dudes talking and we're not going to sit here and bro out the whole time. It's more so us talking about some of our vulnerabilities, our insecurities and things like that. So I was inspired by an episode that you did episode 71 of your podcast, fools in love podcast. Go check out that episode. It's a really great episode, but uh, you were talking about breaking through beliefs on men. Brandon, can you kind of talk to us about what it means to be a man? Yeah. So, I mean, I, first of all, I appreciate it. I appreciate you having me on again. And I certainly appreciate the kickback on that episode. And really the culmination of that episode is things just continue to come up in my life. And so if things continue to come up in your life and you're trying to grapple with it, I always think, who could I help with this? And I'm sure there's other men feeling this way. And I know y'all feel that way too. And so for me, it's really, it was kind of looking into why I was thinking the way I was thinking and why I was feeling the way I was feeling. And a lot of my issues and a lot of things that, that I was struggling with really went back to these beliefs of what a man should be. Mm-hmm. And you can pull those beliefs from anywhere. I mean, you can pull them from your own family. Uh, me just looking inside, I knew I pulled them from like my dad. I pulled them from my older brothers. I pulled them through, I mean, even popular culture, mm-hmm. maybe friends of mine. And really it's like, what are these, what do these beliefs mean and, and where do they come from? And what I found, and hopefully we'll get into a lot of that in this conversation is that men a lot of times live at this surface level. Mm-hmm. You know, they try to do this thing like, hey, man up, you know, quit being a pansy, like, you know, get with it. And, and, and somehow you're weaker if you can be open and vulnerable, which I think a lot of the women listening would say, you know, they prefer, much prefer men who are open and vulnerable. And it's like, can we just be real with each other and go beyond this surface level thing and and get to where like we should be as men and, but it's really hard to find. It's hard to break down those walls and get to a place where you can even be open. Yeah. I I feel like as males, we front a lot. We front as though we, we have it all figured out or we have it together because that in our minds is what it means to be a man is someone who's strong and knows they're, they're confident and they know what they think about things. And I think often that we miss the mark whenever we think in that way. And, you know, like you alluded to, I think vulnerability and allowing yourself to not repress feelings of 
uh, inadequacy and things like that. And to really not be so fixated on what it means to be a man. You know, I think being a man is more about things like integrity, honesty, being open with your partner, vulnerability, being a good leader and father to your kids. Those are the things that I think make a man and they're not always easy. I feel like with guys, like ways in which we front is like, how big are our muscles? Or, you know, you even see little kids doing it. Like who's got the the stronger muscles. And sometimes it can be this competition of who is the strongest, the bravest, who has their shit most together. And I think that for me in the last couple of years, I've realized that no one has their shit together. No one has it all figured out. And uh, for me, part of like my journey towards manhood is uh, understanding that fact that I don't have it all figured out, that I don't have it all together and that I do uh, need other people. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, what's your, what's your take on that? I mean, first of all, what you just said is so powerful because it's something that I've grappled with. And now that I know that you've grappled with it, many men that I've talked to have grappled with the same thing. And it's that idea that you should just have it all figured out. And that was kind of where I came from with that episode because so many of my issues were because I thought I needed to have it all figured out. So how could I bring it to my wife? How could I bring it to my friends without them judging me because they already have it all figured out, right? Mm -hmm. And so if I don't, then something must be wrong with me. But like you said, and, and man, it's just, it's such a powerful thing. If people hear nothing else on this episode, it's that, it's that what you just said, not everyone has it figured out. Matter of fact, no one has it all figured out. And as soon as we believe that we have it all figured out, it just turns on its head. That's right. just the way life works. And so for men, we a lot of times take it in like, hey, our buddy over here has got it figured out. And so like, I can't possibly say anything about how I'm feeling because then I will be weak or I will you know, have a problem. And you touched on it a little bit there by saying even, even you see kids, like I have, a, I have a little son, he's three years old. You see him wanting to be a superhero. He wants to be like a muscle man. He wants to be like strong. He doesn't want to admit that he's scared and he's three years old. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and you know, I'm 35 years old and I grapple with the same problems. Like I don't, I, I had to get past that place of wondering and taking on judgment and wondering what people would think and try to get to the place where I can be more open. But one thing I found is like, there's not a lot of other dudes who want to do that. Yeah. Yeah, I think fear of judgment holds us back so often. And, you know, I've had a real struggle with having and maintaining male friendships over just the course of my life. And especially as an adult, you kind of, once you get out of college and you're, uh, you establish yourself in, within your community, sometimes it can be, for me, I'll just speak to my own experience. I have had a really difficult time keeping and maintaining male friendships. And a lot of times it's because the, the relationships just don't go all that deep. They're very surface level and they hardly ever enter into a place of really deeply connecting with the other person. And I think that part of what that like goes back to is one or both parties not being vulnerable with each other or not sharing some of the like more dark aspects of our lives or some of the more uh, 
some of the struggles that we deal with. And so for me, I have one, one friend in my life. He has been very consistent. This has been a very consistent friend, uh, for the last probably like eight to 10 years. And it's because we share, you know, like dick jokes can only take you so far. Like we, <laughs> we like to have fun and we like to, you know, be silly and, and do that kind of stuff. But that isn't going to lead to a deep relationship with, you know, another male. And I think that those relationships are so valuable and so hard to come by. They're very rare. But the common thread with this friend specifically that I could come up with was that we share some of our vulnerabilities and some of our insecurities. And, you know, um, he had kind of gone through some trauma a couple years back. And when he shared that with me, that's when our relationship really started to flourish. And it made me feel comfortable and safe enough to actually share some of my stuff with him, you know, like about the affair and things like that. So, uh, it's, I think if you're willing to take that first step with someone, with a male friend, uh, it can oftentimes lead to a deeper relationship. No, I think you're totally right. And really when I look at my relationships with men, I, I had the same struggle. Yeah. And it's because it's all surface level. Like you made mm. the joke about like, you know, dick jokes or whatever, mm. but it's like, if it's that, or if it's something else, I mean, it's like, okay, what can we talk about? What sports are what on sports? <laughs> what, what sports? And, and you know that if you get, get with a guy, uh, you know, say Katie introduces you to a friend that she has and you have to interact with her husband. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you supposedly based on American culture? What are you going to talk about with that guy? Yeah. <laughs> you're going to talk about sports. Yeah, right. You're going to talk about, Oh, what beer do you like to drink? You know, yeah. it's just like all this, like very surface level things. But the, the issue is even as you get forward in your relationship, like we don't know how to let go of that. And I think back to times where I was really struggling I was either struggling with like meaning of life, huge questions. I was struggling with my marriage almost ending. I was struggling with all of those things and I had zero people to talk to about it. Mm -hmm. Zero. Because I couldn't bring it to any other men because I just didn't know how they'd respond or what they would say. I did open up to a few different men and they were basically like, that sucks. And that was the conversation. (laughs) You know I mean? It's like, and so when you don't get anything in return, Or say, like you said, with your buddy, you opened up, but like, if he wouldn't have been receptive to that, then you start to just guard yourself more and more. Yeah. Yeah. You hit the nail on the head there. That's, that's been my struggle is, and you know, I could be Katie and I are constantly like, do we overshare? Are we like oversharers? Do we just tell the world way too much about ourselves? And, And that may be the case that it may be way too much for some people, but I do think if you want that real depth in your, any relationship, it doesn't have to be male, male. It can be male, female. It can be any sort of combination of genders. If you want depth, I just feel like you have to be willing to share some of those insecurities and vulnerabilities. And, and the, like you said, it has to be mutual. Both parties have to be willing to say, okay, like, I I don't know what it is about guys who, if you share something like that, if they're just like, man, that sucks, dude. Like, (laughs) I don't know, like you're, it's almost like you're giving them an invitation to say like, Hey man, I struggle. 
guess what? I know you struggle too. I'm not going to put you on the spot and be like, Hey, you got to share Like I showed you mine, show me yours. But I don't know. It's frustrating to me whenever you kind of want to take things to a, a deeper level within a, a male friendship. And it's just kind of like, eh, no. And, and like you said, it does cause you, if, if you're being vulnerable and you get kind of like a, that sucks. Yeah. It makes you clam up and, and not want to, uh, not want to share anymore with that person. It kind of just, it's like, okay, well, I guess that's where the, that's the, as far as this friendship goes in terms of depth, like we're just not gonna go any further and maybe people need more time. I, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Well, can I ask you a question? Yeah, man, go for it. Do you remember a time where you didn't feel that way? Do you remember a time where you were okay with being vulnerable? I mean, like even back to childhood, like when did it start for you <laughs> that you started to kind of adopt these feelings? And then like, at what point were you open to actually talking about it again? I would say like probably... I mean, as a young kid, you just don't really care. You'll just kind of share whatever, man. Like you, Young kids just are totally honest. I think around middle school is where, for me, I started to feel like, oh, I got to be cool. You know, I, the coolness factor came in around age 12 for me. Uh, age 11, age 12 is when I started to feel like, oh, I, I've got to front a little bit more. I've got to worry about you know, not looking like a, a pussy or not looking like a bitch. You know, those are kind of like terms yep. that were thrown around in middle school. Like, don't be a bitch, man. And that that's, I, I would say that's more so where the culture came in for me than like my dad never acted like that. He never made me feel like I had to live up to some man standard or anything like that. Uh, so that, that was great from my family perspective, but I do think it's like a sort of a peer pressure kind of thing that for me began in middle school. How about you? Yeah, it's funny you say that because I was going to put it around 10 years old, but it's mm -hmm. right around that kind of coming out of elementary school, going into middle school. Yeah. But really, again, my like my dad never was like that. He wasn't like a muscle man. He wasn't like telling me, hey, be a man and man up like my household. Like it was it was perfectly accepted to be vulnerable to cry, to be upset. Like I never remember anyone telling me to like man up, but I do remember around that time when you start to get into those age groups, like you said, you want to be cool. You don't want to be judged. You don't want to be ridiculed by all of your classmates for having any kind of moment. And the reason really that I asked the question to you is because with any problem you have, and I know you know this, you have to identify like where it originated. Yeah, because a lot of times you got to go back and start peeling back the layers to figure out how to fix it, because at the end of it, I hope we can give some people some some examples or just ways to be clear thinking about it or at least open the door to let them try to change this behavior. Because for me, every man that I've encountered, it's like you said, it's so rare to find anyone who's open to sharing and being honest beyond the surface level. Yeah. I love what you said. And I think that for me, something I've recently had to do with either trauma or with, you know, something like this, where it's something that's deep seated, but it happened very young and very early in your life is to go back in time and kind of be the adult 
or be the, like speak to that person, speak into that 10 year old Brandon giggling, speak to that 12 year old Andrew may, and just kind of say, you know, Hey, this is, this is not the way, like you're not going to be a bitch. You're not going to be a pussy just because, uh, that's how others perceive you. If you cry or if you have a hard time, or if you admit to struggling with things. And I, I think I've learned that like I'm, 35 year old Andrew. And I know that. So I can kind of like go back in time and tell, you know, my younger self that to help heal some of that, like it's not necessarily trauma in this instance, but it is something that kind of shaped me. And I know that sounds like a weird exercise to do, but I find it very helpful to speak into your past self. It's something I learned in therapy uh, is to speak into your past self and kind of say what you wish you had heard then as, you know, a 10, 12 year old, I was exposed to pornography at like a very young age. Uh, and that's something I had to kind of go back to like my eight year old self and have a conversation with my eight year old self and like not a shaming one, but just a, you know, here's what I want you to understand about this. And so, um, that's what I would encourage people to do is kind of go, you know, like you said, assess it, figure out the, the genesis, the point of origin and go back in time and kind of have that conversation with your younger self. Right. Right. And, and again, it's just like understanding where you're adopting those, but I love that idea of, of talking into your younger self. And for me, it's funny because when I think about it and maybe, maybe you could speak to this too, but when I think about my relationships and my ability to be vulnerable, it's always been easier for me always to be more vulnerable with women. Oh, no doubt. Always. No doubt. I mean, like I have, I am, I can be an open book with Megan. I can talk to her. I mean, really any, any women in my life that are open to listen, I can be so much more open and honest with them. But then when it comes to men, I, I don't feel the same way. And it's because you know, it's talking back to gender roles. I mean, women are known to be more open and able to be vulnerable and they're able to talk about it. And it's funny when you think back to any issues that you have in your life, when you talk to your male friends about it, you either wouldn't have talked to them or they would have said that sucks or they judge you or whatever. And you move on, you Mm -hmm. know, like man up. But then like the women would go off and talk to their girlfriends in long, like huge conversations about it. And how much further along would they be in those places than you would be sitting there holding your feelings and not really knowing what to do with them? Yeah. I, yeah, I love that. And I love that we're having this conversation because I I feel like I don't get to have these types of conversations all that often with guys who get it. And I feel like you're someone who gets it. Uh, You know, women I think are easier to be open and vulnerable with because the invitation is already there. It's like you said, they are, they're already kind of more in touch with their emotions. I I think sometimes men just aren't as in touch with their emotions. And you know, that's something I've tried to work on as an adult, but yeah, that invitation is there. And so it makes you feel safer to be vulnerable because you know that I mean, at least for me, I know Katie's not gonna be like, man, what a bitch, you know, like about anything that I tell her that that is coming from a place of vulnerability. So, you know, I, I, 
I come back to this all the time. Vulnerability is kind of a big thing for me in my life. And it's because I found the most growth in being vulnerable and sharing that, you know, going back to what we said earlier, that we don't have it all figured out, that we don't have it all together. And I think that that can be even more manly than like being able to bench press, you know, like 350 pounds is being able to, uh, cry in front of other people or being able to admit that you're not right about everything or that you don't have it all figured out. Right. Right. And, and to me, it makes, it makes a man, it makes any person for, for the record, but it makes a man to be able to admit where you have shortcomings, Mm -hmm. to be able to admit where you don't have it all figured out, but you're willing to go out there and get the resources or have the conversation to get to the place where you can grow. But to me, that's what makes a man. And, and the other thing for me that's really heavy, and maybe you could speak to this too, is my kids. Like, I don't want to show my kid like what a man should be mm-hmm. and just be missing the mark. Like, I don't want to show my son, like, I know you have daughters, but I don't want to, I have one daughter, one son, but I don't want to show my daughter that like, this is how men should show up or show my son, this is how men should be and put beliefs in their mind. And I think about that a lot. And I know that's like really deep and really heavy to think about how you're affecting them and their beliefs on men. Yeah. But that's a huge thing for me too, because I think we've both spoken to it. You learn it from such a young age that like you can be molded and you can carry that stuff with you long into adulthood. Like some people out there, I'm sure are listening to this and they're still holding on to these feelings and they're like, yeah, that's great for you, Brandon. That's great for you, Andrew. But like, you don't know my situation. Mm-hmm. And I would say like, yeah, but how is the world looking at you? And is that how you want them to be looking at how a man should be in this world by your example? Yeah. I, I think from the parenting perspective for me, yeah, I, I don't have sons. I have two daughters. And for me, it's displaying what a man should be. If, if they decide they want to marry a man, you know, if they don't, that's fine. But I would take each daughter just like individually on different like dates basically. And just kind of show them what it's like to go out on a date. Like we'll even call it that. And so they understand, Oh, this is an example of what a, a healthy date is supposed to look like. It's supposed to be fun and be sharing about different things that is going on in our lives. So yeah, setting that example for girls, I think has been great. Like with your son specifically, what are like, what sort of ways do you show up, uh, as a man? It sounds so like pretentious and weird to even be like that question, you know, like how do you show up as a man for your son? But like, (laughs) you know what I mean? But like, I, I guess if you could get into that. Yeah. I mean, like my, my son, my daughter, either one, like I just, I'm open with my feelings. Like my kids have seen me cry. My kids have seen me be upset. Like I've let them know that it's okay for me to be upset. It's okay for them to be upset. Like when you own what you're doing and what you're showing and what you're modeling, then your kids can own theirs. Like we've already talked about, like when someone's willing to open up to you or you're open up to them and then they open back up to you, like that's how we get anywhere in this life. That's how we teach people or teach each other anything by willing to be open. And so like my kids see me do that. They see me get angry. They see me get upset. And honestly, it's okay to do those things. 
But then I also show that it's okay for them to have emotion because if I can do that and if I can have emotion, if I can cry, then what kind of hypocrite would I be if my son, you know, loses his toy or falls and scrapes his knee and I tell him to get up and dust himself off and man up. Right. Like I, I, and so by modeling that behavior, I'm showing them what is, what is okay for them. Like I'm making it okay and I'm being open to say it's all right to be upset. It's all right to have feelings. Don't let, you know, this situation or that person tell you that you can't do it. And I mean, my son's only three, but he totally understands already that like daddy is like, he's, he's a man, but he's also, you know, a human being. Mm -hmm. And I think we, a lot of times we'll look at our parents, at least for me, I can speak to myself. You look at your parents or you look at adults in the world and you think they have it all figured out, right? Yeah, dude. And then, That's why you, you want to grow up so fast. And you realize no one has a damn clue what they're doing. <laughs> you know, I mean, they right. just don't. And like, even you look at your parents now, like if I look at my parents now, it's like they don't have it all figured out and they shouldn't have it all figured out. That's yeah. just not how life works. If you think you have it all figured out, that's your problem. You mm-hmm. don't have it all figured out. It's almost a letdown when you learn that, when you learn like that your parents don't have it all figured out. It's kind of like, oh, like what, what are we striving towards? Then? <laughs> like, what's the goal here? Um, right. But yeah, I think owning your mistakes is huge with, you know, being a man and if we're trying to kind of somewhat redefine what manhood is and what, what truly being a man is about, I think owning your mistakes is a big one. And with your children, like you said, modeling that. So I make mistakes with my kids on a daily basis and you have to be willing to be humble enough to just kind of say, like set your ego aside and say, Hey, you know what? I did something that was really wrong and I'm very sorry. And I think that's a great valuable lesson to teach our kids is that, uh, you know, just manliness aside, even just as a human owning your mistakes is very, very big. Right. Right. And, and, and honestly, by owning them, you're actually telling yourself and the world that you don't have it all figured out. So every time you're willing to own your mistakes, every time you're willing to say, I didn't do this right. And I'm sorry, you're actually freeing yourself a little bit more from those shackles of, feeling like you're supposed to have it all figured out. I know every time I fail and trust me, I'm with you. I fail as a parent. I'm multiple times a day. I mean, I saw my kids this morning. <laughs> I'm not with them now, but I'll fail later tonight. You know, I'll fail as a husband many times today. It's just, it's just, you're not perfect. No one is. But once I own that and once I can apologize for that and say, you know what? I didn't do that. I'm going to learn. I'm going to change. I'm just freeing myself the younger Brandon, even more of what this belief I should be. And every time I do it, it's so much more freeing to be like, it's completely okay for me to be like this. It's Mm -hmm. completely okay for me to be upset, to say that I did this wrong, to not know that I'm doing what I'm doing. And again, that's your biggest chance to grow and change by willing to open up and say, I don't have it all figured out. Yeah. So as, as far as like, male friendships go. Do you have strong male friendships? I mean, to be honest, no. Yeah, I mean, man, that's so sad. It's, <laughs> this, it is. It's, it is. Yeah. I mean, it's not like a, friend, a pity party for Brandon, Brandon but like, I'll honestly, friend, like, <laughs> <laughs> honestly for me, it's like, like you said, I mean, like once you're out of college, it's hard to find yeah. those, those friendships. And then like, for me, 
like we lived in Michigan like our whole life. And so, mm-hmm. you know, we've lived in North Carolina now for 10 years. And so it's it's like a lot of the foundational friendships I had, which were not deep, by the way, but like the closest to deep you could be. Mm-hmm. Like I moved away from those. And then over time, they just kind of fizzled out because, yeah. you know, distance makes it impossible and you have to be willing to kind of show up. And, and, when, and when it's surface level, what are you even showing up for? Yeah. What are you showing you know, up that's for? That's the thing. And, and so I think back, like my, my brother is probably one of my best male friends. Mm-hmm. But even as I say that, I'll be honest and say like when I was going through some hard shit in my life, I might've had one or two conversations with him about it at all. Yeah. And I think like people listening to my podcast on a regular basis know way more than any of the male friends or family members that I have in my life about my life. Yeah. Like it it just, because I never felt like I could be open enough to, to do that or to get to a place where you could find it. And I, I mean, it, like you said, it's like, it's like finding a unicorn, like to find a male (laughs) who's willing and open to be like vulnerable and honest. And I think that's why like me and you, click to yeah, be honest. Yeah, for I sure. mean, just as a side, I think that's why we click because we're kind of, uh, we've had different experiences in life, but we're in a way we're cut from the same cloth by believing what we've been talking about today. And that's why I think we resonate so much with each other because it's so hard to find anyone who can be real like that. Yeah. And I find myself, I see, you know, the internet is great, but it's also very, it can be very damaging because I'll see these male friendships and things like on different YouTube creators and things that I follow. And it's like, Oh man, it's possible to like have these strong male friendships. And like, I'm very protective of the one strong male friendship that I have. And Katie is very great about being like, Hey, do you want to go hang out with Aaron? Cause like, it it sounds like you need some Aaron time. (laughs) Like, and like, I I just, uh, he's just a buddy of mine who it fulfills like it, it's a need that we have in our lives, I think. And it's often an unmet need of you wanting deep connection. I think like part of being human is to just want connection with others. These these COVID times have been so difficult because connection has been uh, challenged. It's been a lot more difficult. I mean, sure, we've got Zoom and we've got Marco Polo and all the things, but it's not the same as having like a ride or die homie who you can call up and sit on your front porch and just be like, Hey, I'm, I'm struggling with, you know, this thing. And, you know, with, with other males in the past, the closest I would get a lot of times to anything resembling that is with alcohol involved. And I'm not like, um, saying that this is not me like saying, Hey, let like you should go drink alcohol. But, uh, a lot of times with guys, when they drink, they kind of let their guard down a little bit more and allow themselves to just kind of be more vulnerable. Um, and I don't know if that's been your experience as well, but like a, a lot of times with guys, uh, you know, a group of males, if we're drinking and having fun and then, um, you know, we get a few beers in eventually guys kind of like stop trying to peacock so much. That's what I love to call it. Like, Peacocking is just basically <laughs> like showing off your feathers and being like, Ooh, look at me, look at my car, look at my hot wife, look at my big dick, like all, all the things, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I feel like sometimes when, when dudes drink, they just kind of like, 
let their guard down. And I wish we could kind of have the non-drinking, let your guard down. It's, it's basically just kind of, what does that even look like? You know, like just doing it, just overcoming fear and saying, this is, this is me essentially. Like, what, what do you think, man? That was a lot yeah, of questions. That was like 12 questions in one. That's amazing. <laughs> first of all, first of all, I love the peacocking. I'm definitely going to use that. But yeah, it's, <laughs> I think, <laughs> I think uh, those conversations, a lot of times it's like, like you said, it's sure. In my experience too, it's, it's like, yeah, let's, let's have alcohol. Let's let our guard down. You know, it's like the social lubricant of what you're doing. But it's funny though, because when you think about alcohol, like, how many times have you really been drinking where like you're saying things that you wouldn't say otherwise? I mean, obviously if you're loaded, that's one thing, but if you're just like <laughs> having some drinks, how much for you does it really matter? Like if you've had two or three drinks, like why does that make you open up? Like why does that make it different? It doesn't like you're having the same thoughts that you've always had. It's just because you're like socially accepting that like around you know, a beer, you can have these conversations where you can't otherwise. Sure. Like it's, it's, it's kind of laughable to me that people use a many times, this is a side note, but they use alcohol as an excuse for doing really dumb shit. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's, it's not the, the decisions that I've made almost all the times when I'm drinking alcohol, like I'm still rational. Like I still know like what I'm doing. And if I'm making a mistake, I know I'm making a mistake or if I'm doing something stupid, I still know I'm doing something stupid. Right. Yeah, my inhibitions might be down, but I think it's funny that men do that because when I remember back to like the last probably real male relationships that I saw them all the time was, we were meeting up at the bar and we Mm -hmm. were just, it was, and we were meeting up at the bar, you know, trying to, you know, have four or five beers a night and just sit there and, and BS about life. And, again, like, how do you get past that? You just do it. That's really the only way. I mean, like you have to, but you have to understand that like most men are going to be taken aback if you start doing that. And you have to know that like, Hey, if you do that a handful of times with, with dudes that you're close with, they might be receptive and they might not, but you know, you, you gotta try. Otherwise, what are we doing? At the end of the day, you're going to be sitting there with no relationships, no bonding. And like you said, sitting there in a place kind of like I am where like you don't have those close like male bonds that you want and it's just something missing in your life. Yeah, definitely. So ladies, if, if you're listening right now, uh, share this, share this episode with your husband, your boyfriend, your whatever. Like, I think part of it's awareness. Like a lot of guys feel the way Brandon and I feel a lot of men out there feel this very similar way and they just don't really have anyone to share with about it. You know, like it's, it's a weird thing and a hard thing to even go to your wife and be like, you know what? I don't have any fucking friends. Like that's a hard thing to admit. And and even, you know, myself, I I've, struggled with that with Katie. Like I admitting that admitting that it, it, cause because it feels like it's about me, it feels like there's something wrong with me that I struggle to have and maintain strong male friendships. And I think it's a cultural thing that we're fighting against that we're working against. And so I think it comes down to more awareness to being vulnerable and sharing 
things like this, conversations like this with other dudes and like, Hey, if you're a guy out there listening and you want to be my friend, that's cool too. Let's be friends, but let's also like share some shit with each other. And I think that's really what friendship is about. Um, so Brandon, if you were to take back the word, like the, the phrase man up, like if you were to kind of like put your own spin on it, what would manning up be? Manning up would be owning your shit. I mean, the the shortest way to say it, like manning up would be being honest with the fact that you don't have it all figured out. It would be being honest with the fact that like, hey, you want some close male friends and that's okay. That doesn't make you some kind of pussy or pansy. Like you can do that. You can want that. And and manning up is really just being open and vulnerable. Like, and and again, I know like people are going to be out there like, either shaking their heads or even judging what that, what I'm saying here. But the fact is, if you want to really show up as a, as a person, if you want to show up as a man in this world, you're going to have to be open. You're going to have to be real because like you guys talked about earlier about like, maybe you're sharing too much. I I think I would call that authenticity. Mm. And if you're not sharing, if you're not sharing everything, if you're holding things back, you're not being your true authentic self. And in a way it's exhausting because I used to live exhausted trying to live up to some standard that's impossible to live up to some life, some man that doesn't exist. And that really, like I grappled with that for years. And in a way that inner voice still makes me grapple with it today. But I think man it up is just being open and honest and owning that you don't have it all figured out and that's okay. Cause we're all in this and trying to learn together. Yeah. Yeah. I love that, man. And so Brandon has a, one of, one of the, one of the phrases from the fools in love podcast is do it anyway. Brandon has a tattoo of it. Uh, I'm rocking my do it anyway hat. I I pretty much rock that hat all the time. I love this hat, dude. But, uh, one thing I would say is if you don't feel like if you're a male and you don't feel like sharing, uh, some of your insecurities and vulnerabilities, do it anyway. You know, like I, I think that's such a great phrase and I love that except for the fact that my daughter, my oldest daughter, she's eight and she's started to use it against me for things that she wants me to do. Like she, oh, she, she's, she'll, you know, be like, uh, can you make me some popcorn? And I, you know, I'll be like, no, I, I'm doing this other thing. And she'll be like, dad, do it anyway. <laughs> Like she just, (laughs) she's started, she's like, like your hat, dad. And so like anything that I'm not really wanting to do with her, she's, she's started to use that against me. So it's kind of funny. I love that. I love that early manipulation. She's she's learning young, (laughs) but no, it's true. I mean, that's why, that's literally why I have it. I mean, I I have it tattooed on my, my arm where I can't ignore it. Like I have to look down and I have to do it. And you don't know how many times a day. I look down and have to do it. Yeah. Like I have to just do it anyway. I, I like, I don't want to do things all day. It comes up all the time and I look down and, I, and then I have to do it anyway. And like you said, pre COVID, it was hard enough with COVID. It's, it's even more difficult. And I did just want to say like, I'm not taking anything away from women. I know like everyone has their own struggles, but like there's a lot of weight put on us as men mm-hmm. for like how we're supposed to show up and who we're supposed to be as like, uh, leading our family, leading our wife, even there's a lot of pressure put on the backs of men. And during COVID time, especially when none of us know what the hell is going on, it becomes even more difficult. 
but in a way you just got to continue to push through. And like you said, you just got to do it anyway. Yeah, man. I love it. I think that's, uh, do you have anything else to add? If not, I think that's a great note to end on. No, no, I think that's, I think that's good. And, and again, if, if people want to reach out, like we're, we're there, I know Andrew's open to it. I'm open to it. You can always just shoot us a DM over, uh, on at fools and love podcast. Cause I love finding other dudes who, who want to be open. And a lot of times it's easier to do that on the DM than it is like in person with your buddies. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, the last thing I'll say, this is something that's been coming up for me. So, uh, it's this idea of your future self. And so it's kind of like, uh, Matthew McConaughey was asked like who his hero is. And he, he said, you know, it's me in five years. And then, you know, in five years, it's him five years from that point. And so the idea is that you're your hero from the future, but you're never your, your actualized self. You're never your, uh, the full hero that you want to be. You've never arrived. And so I think with being a man, it's, it's having the goal of being the man that you want to be in five years from now and kind of living out of that place now. So kind of having 40 year old Andrew May's perspective right now about things. And, you know, I think that that, I think my hope is that 40 year old Andrew May is a bit wiser and, you know, has a better understanding, has compassion for men who struggle to be honest and be vulnerable and has better strategies for understanding, uh, you know, men. And so, uh, you know, that, that's a weird little (laughs) time travel. I was saying, go back in time to when you were 10, go forward in time. Um, I think there's something to be said for being present, but I also think that there, there is, goodness in the practice of kind of time travel. So, um, get out there and time travel. I love it. When you go back to it, it's all in the, it's all introspection. Yeah. I mean, either way, I mean, like if you're thinking back, if you're thinking forward, if you're living in the present, just being introspective and understanding, like there, there's, there's more there. And if you feel that pull, if you feel that stir, like you, you gotta, you gotta see it through. Yeah, man, no doubt. So if you guys enjoyed this, uh, you can go check out Brandon. Uh, Brandon and his wife are Fools in Love podcast. They're at Fools in Love podcast on uh, on Instagram. They are, uh, yeah, go, go into Apple podcasts, Fools in Love podcast. Their podcast is great about just kind of personal growth, development, relationships. They're doing a cool, fun little series uh, this summer that's shorter episodes, but they're uh, really focused on relationships. And so uh, Katie and I have been getting a lot of enjoyment out of listening to that. So definitely go check them out. And uh, thanks guys for listening. If you are continuing to dig these episodes, consider supporting us. You can do so by writing us a review at Apple Podcasts, or you can give a monetary donation at our Patreon page. You can do so at patreon.com slash allegorianelm. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash allegorianelm. The money will go right back into these episodes, into production costs, and into creating better content for you. If you want to connect with us on Instagram, Katie is at Embrace Yourself Whole, and Andrew is at Allegorian Elm. Thank you for listening. Your story matters. Cheers. Cheers.